The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. Marcus Aurelius, Book 3, Paragraph 15, uh, barely a paragraph, it's just two sentences. They have not learned to know how many things are signified by the words theft, sewing, that's sewing with an O, buying, keeping quiet, seeing what ought to be done. This depends not on the bodily eye, but on another kind of vision. So when I first read this, I was like, this sounds like really, really like like a note that he just jotted down, uh, unlike the previous uh, paragraphs. And uh, I just checked the footnote just to see if I was missing something in the context. Or not the footnote, the uh, commentary, uh, Farquharson commentary. He says, uh, he describes this as, he says, one of those intrusive fragments disturbing the natural sequence. The meaning is enigmatic, though the general purport is that the foolish neither understand the world they live in, nor the real meaning of the words they use. Um, okay, fine. So um, the way I understood this is... Uh, you know, he says that they don't understand the how many things are signified by the word theft, sewing, buying, etc. So uh, what I thought about this is that, you know, the term those terms can be used in their literal primary meaning. Let's say like with theft, that is a, uh, a legal term, you know, stealing something of monetary value, you know, going against the laws of, uh, of theft. But then it could also be used in an expanded term. And what I associated to was an excerpt from my uh, one of the top... Uh, top five, top 10 most impactful books I've ever read. And I read every once in a while, which is Richard Mitchell's The Gift of Fire. Um, so in a chapter called The Land of We All, he criticizes a uh, a writer for making the statement. Uh, this writer said, once we, pr- once we practiced slavery, cannibalism, and dueling, as we became more civilized, we learned that these forms of behavior were antithetical to society. So we stopped. Um, and so he he criticizes this writer for 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 speaking for using the term we, uh, but then later on he he talks about uh, he he questions whether whether we've actually given the, these things up. Um, he says, um, "Hold on, hold on, hold on. Where is it in here? Oh yeah, he says um, that. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he says the names of the things." The names of things are not the things, and we have many names that point to no things at all, but to ideas. What is slavery? In one sense, it is easily identified, where one person is allowed to have, by law, possession of another person. Ownership, with all the rights that traditionally go with ownership, that is slavery. In our own nation, that law has changed, but not by those who own the slaves. As to whether those who made the charge sought the moral betterment of those who resisted it or something else, there is at least room for speculation. But what is the root of slavery? What is it in principle rather than in detail? How did such a practice come to be established by humanity and apparently universally established at that? Here there is room for both speculation and introspection. Which of us can say that he has never used another person as though that person were an object? Which of us has resisted every impulse to control or govern uh, another? Which of us has never deemed himself better and more valuable than another? Which of us has never sought to put some fence around the mind of another? Is there one of us who has not thought what even Plato thought, that there are certain people who are, well, just inferior by nature, not just just not capable of living under their own direction, and that we are actually doing them a favor by directing their lives for them in some way or another. I will plead guilty to all those charges, and I would be eager to meet a person who is innocent of them all, uh, for then I might best study goodness. But thinking not in terms of laws and societal conventions, which are always changing, and for reasons that have nothing to do with goodness, but only with necessity, I have to admit, again, for a very different reason, that I have not given up slavery, for I indeed, indeed, I still practice it. Um, Yeah, uh, I'm going to go ahead and read this next 
paragraph also. I can be very specific about that. I can and do so overpower the minds of my students, those at least who want to pay attention and who have little defense, that they come to believe what I seem to believe, to judge as I judge. When that happens, I start contradicting myself and pointing to the uncertainties of my own reasoning until they too come around to a new, to the new course and pr uh, process be the process begins again. Is the root of slavery not in them as well as in me? Who of us has not sought to be led? Which of us has not, from time to time, abandoned the difficult task of understanding for ourselves, of governing ourselves, even of supporting ourselves? Which of us has not wanted a master so that we might as be as well taken care of as a puppy, fed and watered and cleaned up after? Uh, why is it that my students, when they come to be entirely of my mind, think that that is what they were supposed to do? What taught them that, if not some cultivation and even some encouragement in them of whatever it is in us that... Uh, uh, let me start that again. Whatever, whatever taught th what taught them that, if not some cultivation and even some encouragement in them of whatever it is in us all that fears the perils of freedom, and the cultivators and encouragers, or even the permitters, have they given up slavery? And then he goes on to uh, to talk about dueling and cannibalism. He says, uh, nor have I given up dueling. I still duel. I still seek to avenge my honor. Uh, I still incline to answer fire with fire and injustice, whatever I mean by that with justice, whatever I mean by that. Uh, that I do not go out at dawn with pistols is not enough to save me from the, the name of dualist. And then cannibalism, he says he make a small concession, uh, but he, he speculates about that also. So the point is, is that he is, he's, you know, Richard Mitchell is saying that, that, you know, you can say that we have given up slavery and dueling and cannibalism uh, in the strict legal or societal sense. But then when you think about it, what is the underlying principle of of slavery, dueling and cannibalism? We really haven't given it up. And in, in, in many ways, we're, you know, we're just as uh, as uh, guilty of those charges as uh, as, you know, the literal slave owners uh, were. So I, I think that's the sense in which Marcus really is saying that people have not learned to consider, to know how many things are signified by the words theft, sowing, buying, keeping quiet, seeing what ought to be done. And I don't know what he would say in particular, but if you think about theft and you expand it beyond the legal societal definition, you'll find that we're all guilty of theft. And, and, uh, and when you think of sowing, of planting, you know, um, we don't farm anymore, but if you think about what really planting is and uh, and what the broader category is, you'll realize that we don't give much thought to that, uh, et cetera. And this is I, another thing I associated to was the, um, in the vidui that we are no hick to say with the, all the alchets, you know, um, or even, I guess, in the Ashamnu Bagana Gazalnu, um, then I, I think conventional understanding is to realize that we're not listing particular halakhic violations. We're, we're listing categories uh, that are much, much broader than those particular halakhic uh, transgressions. And, uh, and we are acknowledging that we're guilty of those things.